No, in my back original like sort of background and education was in like computer programming uh-huh. and it's it's pretty mathematical. But I don't like I feel like at some point that part of me died. Like yeah. now I feel like I've converted to a person who's bad at math. From Stockholm Studios in Bushwick, Brooklyn, this is the LPV show. A weekly discussion from the world of photography and photo books. Here's your host, Brian Formals. Well, good show, guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Great job, that you guys. Was, uh, Next time I'm in yeah. town. Yeah, it was yeah. that was the shortest uh, episode we've done yeah. so far. We went so. through all of my important work. I know. I mean, it was yeah. it was epic. It was the best show I've done. Hopefully, you don't get fired. So uh, yeah, we'll see. I yeah. hope not. <laughs> Who's gonna fire him? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you think you're everybody I offended? Oh <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Several people. Oh man, yeah. You really yeah. got on a roll yeah. there too. Just yeah, take, was... taking down the entire yeah, photo industry. Career is over. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Tom, Tom might have. Yeah, Tom, yeah. you might have to do some uh, some major editing. I don't think one. I yeah. can put that fire out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're sitting here with uh, Patrick Gukin. Hello. How's it going? It's going well. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was uh, we had to do a little uh, schedule flopping to get you here, but mm. we're uh, we're glad you came. And I'm glad, glad to you be brought here. So many good books. Um, so we, um, we, I was on the L train, getting ready to come over here, and I was sitting there, and I noticed this guy sitting there with this. Uh, <laughs> All these books. And wait, that's Patrick right there. We actually like ran oh, into man, each other yeah. in the same car on the L train coming over here. That's great. Was it just the books that clued you in, or did you? It was the hair. I okay. think I'd seen it. I just a, seen a yeah. picture recently. I was like, that's definitely him. Yeah, I think I took like one of two selfies ever oh, the yeah. day I got to New York, just yeah. to kind of tell people I was here. Tell you, and I yeah. thought it was funny. It might not have been <laughs> that funny, but well, it worked. I mean, it, that would have been weird. Well, there you out. are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're only here for your leave tomorrow. Yeah, right? I leave tomorrow. I came in on Friday and leaving tomorrow. And you were here so for the nice. Todd, Todd Heider workshop? Yeah, at, at the Aperture Gallery, okay, which was cool. wonderful. Cool. What What made you want to take that? Um, I think more than anything, being out in LA, it's like there's a lot of people making photographs and making books, but um. Todd doesn't live in New York, but a lot of photography, this sounds kind of obvious, is um, consumed here and distributed here. And like often I feel like I have very little connection to the photo thing that happens in New York. So I've liked his work for years and saw it was there and thought, okay, I'm going to come and do that. Nice. It was a pretty simple decision. Yeah. Was it, uh, so was, what, did it focus on bookmaking or was it just overall? No, it was on um, sources and influences. Oh, so wow. it was mostly trying to understand like why you do what you do. So we spent like eight hours yesterday going through his work from almost, I think the very first photograph he ever took until his most recent book, like in very great detail, like why he did all of the things he did and also how one thing led to another in the work. And um, he was a very open, like transparent person about all of it, both in process, like talking about what kind of film he was using, what lens he was using, like how long the exposure was for, but also like I went to this thing and I met this guy and then my show was in, my work was in this show and then like Larry Gagosian bought a print and like he wasn't like sort of mythicizing any of it. He was very uh, sort of honestly minded about how everything happened in his career. Right didn't discount luck and um being at the right place at the right time which yeah. was cool so yeah, people he sh- are yeah, very secretive he, about things often yeah i heard he shoots like he, like a fiend 
He's always shooting. He very rarely shows anything. He's got like drawers and drawers of yeah Polaroids. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even like yesterday, we finished up at six, and he was out the door because he had to shoot at like six thirty or something. And he was actually going to show us that work today. Like he wasn't embarrassed to be like, "I shot a thousand photos of this model last night, and I'm going to show you guys." But then we ran out of time. <laughs> <laughs> we never saw them. Yeah. I mean, you definitely, like, there's a commonality between a lot of successful photographers, and that's just the work ethic, you know? Yeah. I think, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah. No, true totally. in almost everything that you do. Yeah. I was, you know, I was thinking about that today. I, would, I can't remember what I was digging into online, some conversation about street photography, and I was like, you know, <laughs> a lot of times people jump into it, and they think you can just walk out and you make the pictures, but, like, the people who get really good at it are the ones that like really work the hardest, you know, and I yeah. truly believe the older I get, I truly believe that it's like talent only takes you so far, but like work ethic really is what pushes you through to the next stage. I think. Yeah. I think, and quantity does matter in photography. Like you have to take a lot of pictures to finally figure out a, like why you're doing what you are doing, but also like what kind of pictures you're making that are good that aren't just like recreations of something else that right. you've seen. Yeah, it takes a lot of photos to get there. Yeah, trying to find all the the oddballs. <laughs> yeah, like I try to cultivate the accidents these days. You know, shooting expired film or whatever. It's uh, yeah, you don't. It's tough if you keep making the same photo over and over again. I mean, I think it's a lot of people kind of like end up relying on that. I think too much, and you don't. They're they're afraid of the photographs that don't feel like themselves, yeah. like, like who they are. And those to me are the best photographs. Like, wait a minute, yeah. who, who made that picture? That Was that me? That was, that's a different person. And know? I think a lot of times the photographs that people make that they immediately think are successful just remind them of something else that they've seen. Right. So it's like a, a decent impression of another thing. And it's like more often the photographs that people don't even like notice as being good that someone else has to point out, like, hey, that's actually really working. Or Right. Yeah, the, it goes always comes back down to that the, the editing equation, which is another painful, painful part of the process. Yeah. I think so many people just can't do it. I mean, I, I was talking the other day with someone where it's like I'll be going through my archive editing, and I'm looking at pictures for a specific reason in a specific context, but then I'll get back to a set of old photographs, and they'll be like friends and like five years old and I'll just be like, man, I end up going down that path and all of a sudden the emotion gets too much mm. and I can't look at them like creatively and it's, it has to like step away and like try not to like go down that path because right. you're like, you get too uh, caught up on the memories, you know? Do you, so you have people who help you edit your work then? Or? Um, no, kind of. I mean, I show like I show it in stages and then kind of gauge what people like and whatnot, you know, but I don't, you know, I'm a little... I don't know. I'm kind of <laughs> like uh, I don't. You know, a lot of times, like, oh, thanks for your opinion, man. But I don't yeah, think I really. <laughs> right. I don't really see. I don't know. I, I should be better about it. But <laughs> I, a lot of times too, I show and people are kind of like, yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm a pretty decent editor. I mean, I definitely like yeah. editing other people's photos, and it's much easier, you sure. know, just to, like, chuck out half of them. Oh, those are just crap, you know? <laughs> like, and then you go out and take those photos. And then you go out and take those photos. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it, 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 when you edit other people's work, you kind of, I mean, it really is a big help into editing your own work because you just, you know instinctively that if you have that impulse to throw it out, so you should throw it out, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not it's not good. I don't know. It's really that core instinct, and... You, f you fight that instinct when you look at the picture in your head, you try to make it work and you try to make it work, 
but right away you knew that it didn't. Yeah. You didn't yeah. like the photo, so yeah, and get rid of it. That's reason enough to throw it away. Yeah. Sometimes. So you're you're, so you're living out in LA and you're living in Silver Lake, right? Yeah, I live in Silver Lake. I grew up in New Hampshire, um, sort of Boston area, and moved to LA in 2006, and just thought it was the worst place on <laughs> earth. <laughs> um, I stuck around for a couple of years. I ended up moving to Japan for two years, and then. Um, traveled a bit around India and Nepal and um, wound up back in Boston, Portland, Oregon, and basically hadn't worked for more than a year. <laughs> and there was w- there were ways for me to make money in Los Angeles. Um, so I flew back down there and have been there for almost six years now. So we, we were there at the same time because I was there in 2006, right? Yes. I left at the end of 2008 and apparently we, we met. S- we spent one night together. We, we met. I don't <laughs> I, I Honestly, I cannot recall that. Yeah, I don't but You remember. said it was at the beauty bar, right? I believe it was there. I don't I don't remember the night so much as I remember like getting food after whatever uh-huh. we went to do. I remember being out like some outside sort of diner or taco joint. Like the memory is very foggy. <laughs> but then when I saw your Genesee yeah. Ave book and there was a photograph of my friend Jeff, I assumed that was the night. Yeah, it might have been. Out. It might have been, but it also just might not have been. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I mean, I know, I know. I actually do know exactly where that photo was. It's yeah. on Coanga Boulevard. It's literally like half a block from Beauty Bar because yeah. I would go to Beauty Bar with my friend Matt Newton because he uh, worked there. So he would get me in and get me free drinks, and I kind of like. Like, what am I doing hanging out at this? <laughs> but it's not a, it wasn't really a cool Hollywood bar. I mean, no, it was on Coanga, but it was a little like, you know, you kind of go to the beauty bar if you're like not, can't really go anywhere else. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, there was never a line at yeah. the beauty bar. You could go in, you could get a drink, an expensive, probably not that yeah. great drink. But So who were you there with? You were There, there with? was a guy named Matt Snagoski, okay. who I grew up skateboarding with, like in Lowell, Massachusetts, and Haverhill, Massachusetts, uh-huh. and... um. Just out of coincidence, we moved to Los Angeles around the same time, but we hadn't spoken to each other in maybe 10 years and then started hanging out a little bit. And then you were living, you were friends with his roommate or something. And Matt's, that's how. Who was his roommate? I don't know. I don't, who did you live with in Burbank? Oh, I didn't live. I live with. Or no, who did you hang out with in Burbank? Because you were oh, friends Heidi, with his. Heidi, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heidi, yeah. And who was Heidi's oh, boyfriend? Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm Heidi and Chris. Yeah, yeah Chris, was, Chris was the connection. So I think I have some pictures of. Maybe I have pictures of Matt. Probably. Maybe because if he, he lived with Chris. Who I've oh, met maybe. Oh, there twice. you go. Yeah. There you go. So then we found it, and then we shared a taco afterwards. Yeah, this is. This, this, I mean, I, I know this has nothing to do. Thing. I'm just kind of fascinated no, 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 no. by it's, like. It is the, interesting, especially because yeah. I think I was a witness to one of your photographs. Right. And that's yeah. Just, I don't know. I think. I don't remember because I don't think we talked about photography that night. But no. somehow I figured out that you were like the guy who was. Hardcore street photography oh, right. or that you were heavily involved with it. Yeah, unfortunately. And, um, <laughs> but then I was sort of drawn to it. And I remember like sort of submitting yeah. photos incessantly. And like one time one of them got in that pool. And uh, then through that, I was able to find LPV. Right. And I just became interested in what you were doing. And it seemed like you were always putting right. out interesting work. And um, yeah, one thing led to another. And I think I emailed you at some point. Yeah. That is, yeah, that is just bizarre. I mean, because I think the older you get, the more that's, that's going to be like basically, 
if if we didn't record this night in like ten yeah. years, I'll be like, I don't remember. Yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's right yeah. there on the tape. Yeah, know? like I'd see you at your gallery yeah. opening or something. I'd be like, Hey, I knew you. Yeah. Right. You're right, <laughs> like, right. No, you didn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the reason. That's the reason we record all these. Is like because yeah. I'm gonna get early onset Alzheimer's. So I'd be like, no. Yeah. That's a little. That's a little dour. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of street photography, so you yeah. sent me. Your your book, which I guess we're calling a street photography book, maybe not L.A. by car. Yeah. And this book started out. So from what I understand, you were shooting just out your car, normal and like candid stuff. And you're like, hey, I kind of like this. And then nobody I don't, I didn't realize this, but you actually hired people to kind of like yes. set up the photos. Yeah, I think my introduction to photography was through like street photography. Like those are the Winograd and Frank were some of the first people I was exposed mm-hmm. to and in Boston, I was working at a black and white lab and shooting on the street and then moved to LA and it was kind of like street photography doesn't really happen here in a way. Like right. it's just like I, I walk across the street in New York and I see like seven pictures. Yeah, and like yeah. in LA, like you you might see pictures, but it's a, a slower pace and it's just a different thing that's happening. And uh I ended up moving to Japan and I was inspired by some of the street photographers there like Daido Moriyama for instance and I was shooting on the street a bit but never really felt like a street photographer per se but that was kind of my only reference point for what Mm -hmm. photography was outside of advertising um and then I ended up moving back to Los Angeles and I think I started spending a lot of time in my car I was like Uh driving 90 minutes to work I was a photo editor for an ad company at the time and I was taking photographs on my iPhone of like lonely pedestrians at street corners like in front of these like industrial wastelands or buildings that didn't really have any sort of apparent use and I don't remember why or how or when but I started restaging some of these photographs that I had been Instagramming um, using actors and shooting them with a 35 millimeter camera. Uh-huh. So how what did, why did you decide that you wanted to go that route rather than trying to because do you think feel is a shortcut? Or do you just wanted the control? Um, no, I think it had something to do with feeling like a... There were a few things going on. I mean, one, I was shooting portraits of a friend who was a comedian named Joe Mandy. And um, for whatever reason, I asked him to get outside the car and started shooting him kind of in that way. And I was like, oh, this kind of works. But the photographs at that time were like much closer. It was almost uh-huh. like a portrait of him from outside the car. And then... Right. I kind of liked how it felt anyways and ended up doing another shoot the next week with an actor and um, found this photograph where he was sort of like sitting on a rock in a field. Like it it was L.A. in a way that I knew what L.A. looked like, but Uh very much not like your typical vision of Los Angeles. Uh And it was street photography in the sense that I was shooting it from a street, but it was in the car and I was using the architecture of the car to kind of frame the photograph and... I think a few of my friends had seen them and been like, oh, these are really interesting. You should shoot more photos oh. like this. And then I just kind of went nuts and started getting actors to to restage some of the photographs that I had made on Instagram as well as, um, like, if you look through the book, there's a couple photographs that are restaged from photo history. Like, there's a Ouija photograph oh. that's, like, kind of in there. There's a Jeff Wall photograph that's kind of in there. And I was uh, sort of riffing on, like, a cliche, uh, like, that everybody in L.A. is an actor and that, like, nothing is quite real and, like, we spend all of this time in our cars and kind of playing with those three cliches at the same time Mm -hmm. to just make, like, a type of street photograph that I hadn't seen before. And it was also a reaction to the fact that I felt like you couldn't go out and 
make street photographs in a way that I yeah. felt like I had been in Tokyo and other cities. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's obviously car culture there. I mean, it's tough. It's, you know, I always, I didn't have a car the last year and a half, so I was on the street, and I, I think the isolation of the sidewalk oh, is something I actually liked about L.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just, it's a bizarre feeling when you're walking down the sidewalk and, like, there's nobody there, and you're there's in the middle of this there. huge city, and you're like, you could walk for blocks, and there's no one around you. Like, what's going on? I mean, it's very, it's very depressing. I mean, yeah, it's like, eerie in a way. Even yeah. when the sun is shining and it's, like, 3.30 p.m., mm-hmm. it's, like, somehow eerie. <laughs> it's very yeah. weird. That didn't. What really set in was when I came back a couple years ago. I was in a show there, and I was staying in a hotel in Silver Lake, and I was up like I don't know. I woke up at seven in the morning, and you go out at seven in the morning there, and it was just the most desolate I could even imagine. <laughs> yeah. It was like I couldn't believe it. I was like, but part of me too is like, this is something very Wait, beautiful. Which about hotel this. in Silver Lake? I don't know. It was There's one a lot of, like, really... It was up on... No, this was kind of... It was, like, a... It was, like, a nice place. Not, no, not a oh, nice... It was, I'm, like, a... One of those chain ones. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it wasn't... Yeah. It wasn't horrible. It was kind of up on a... I don't know. It was kind of up looking over... Um, it's not Silver Lake Boulevard. Sunset the, Boulevard? So, yeah, right over sun, on Sunset Boulevard. On Sunset. Yeah. Maybe the Comfort Inn. Or, Probably. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah I live next door to that for <laughs> yeah, a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right next But door. I think it was, like... There's like a crack hotel next door to that, and that one kind of <laughs> gets some of the overflow. And it's, oh, okay. it's I, I didn't realize people actually. Yeah, it was cheap. Yeah, man. I'm sure it was. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. If I was coming to LA, like I don't know where I would stay. Like, it's a weird thing. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, about. I was like, you know, I know this is fine. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. It's tough. People, I don't know. Like in LA, it's I think it's really easy to stay away from like the rough parts right, or whatever right, you right. want to say they're called because <laughs> it's just yeah I mean uh, <laughs> I mean I don't like saying that like it's bad I mean because it's no, kind of whatever like it either, but it's but you know no I mean yeah, I live in LA next, yeah you're just you're kind of, yeah you're kind of um I guess it's a very segregated city you know I think so you know? yeah because but even more ways than one like if you live in Hollywood or whatever you're not out in Venice. If you live on the west side over there, you're not necessarily going to, hanging out in Silver Lake or those feelings. Yeah, know? you it's, need a clear-cut reason yeah. to go to those places, unless you're a photographer and you kind of get off on driving around <laughs> and taking <laughs> right, pictures. Then right, right. you kind of end up everywhere. Yeah. But. yeah. So what photos did you you brought a bu- uh, little book dummy from photos you made in Japan? Yes. That so was, what's uh, what's the story of these? Uh, basically, I'd been working as a photo editor mm-hmm. for a couple of years and was losing my mind and. Um, I took a trip. I ended up quitting that job and going back to Japan this past September and October. And um, one of Daido Moriyama's earliest books is called Tales from Tono. And Tono is this town in Iwate-ken in northern Japan. And it's the birthplace of a lot of Japanese um, folklore. There's this spiritual creature called Kappa that's basically like a like a frog with a duck's mouth that <laughs> eats, eats children, but he'll refrain from eating children if you feed him cucumbers. Um, and he's from there. So anyways, I took the train, like the 12-hour train up north from Tokyo to get there. And it's a city that's sparsely populated. It's very old. Um, it's rich in culture and tradition. And I didn't expect to have any trouble finding a place to sleep, but it happened to be like a festival day that day. So the city was just like loaded with tourists and there were... Um, people everywhere in like mm-hmm. ancient 
kind of a folkloric costumes and there were parades going on and um one thing led to another and I was because there were no hotels in the town I ended up staying with this family who I just met on the street who invited me to go drinking with them and it ended up being like this very sort of drunk four days <laughs> where I was also staying with this family that had children so like I was just like sitting in their living room while they were brushing their kids teeth and I was just like taking pictures but then like going out to like drink with them because they were drinking a lot because it was like festival time and just getting like very drunk wow. and because like you couldn't you just couldn't say no to anything um so very full and very drunk and then we'd go home and like they would go to bed because they had kids so i would wander around at night and just <laughs> make <laughs> photographs yeah so this book is sort of uh there are color photographs that were made in the homes mm -hmm. um and then there were black and white photographs that were made at night during my wandering and um there's kind of, I guess it, it breaks those rules a couple times. Oh, who cares? Whatever. Yeah. No, I'm just, just, to, just to be, just to be clear. Yeah, yeah. No, this is like, I like the little, the handmade aspects of this. I yeah. can't do that. Everyone always tells me like, you have to do that to me. I'm like, no, I can't do that. I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not crafty, I guess. I, like, I don't you think know. I am either though. I mean, maybe this is like proof that I might be kind of crafty, <laughs> but um, my girlfriend went to art school. She went to Pratt and she's oh. like extremely crafty and she can sew and draw and like do all these amazing things that I definitely can't do. And um, she was just like, why don't you start putting these into books? And I was like, well, I don't know how to do that. And it sounds really <laughs> difficult yeah. and time consuming. And, um, then I finally printed one out and I bound it with tape and she's like, why don't you put a cover on it? And I was like, I don't know how to put a cover on <laughs> anything. Like that sounds ridiculous, but we did one and then I was able to just kind of keep doing my own. It's actually much yeah. simpler than it looks. Nice. Well, it looks cool. So what you, you had the other one too. You've been sharing the, the photos from out your, your window. Yes. That is here, and um, I moved into this new apartment in Silver Lake um, after, right after this trip to Japan, actually, and it just has this incredible western-facing window that looks down on Sunset Boulevard, actually, which is mm -hmm. arguably like one of the most, I think, famous street names in the world. Probably, like, you know, yeah. I, mean, I don't know that many other street names like that might be considered Broadway. Famous. Yeah, Maybe Broadway, Broadway is one of them. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm saying like they have like sort of a very iconic. Um, sort of name mm -hmm. that's attached to them but it faces west so I guess this sort of LA sunset every day and there's a palm tree that like sticks in the window and I started taking pictures mm -hmm. from there and then I just kind of noticed like oh these are a little bit interesting and the weather actually changes a lot in like for February March mm -hmm. April May in LA which it doesn't really change much of the rest of the year um, so it just became sort of a diaristic thing I was doing. Um, so Hawaii, you're shooting this all on 35 mil film? 35 millimeter film, two you, different... You, yeah, you're getting the light leaks. Yeah, I basically, I have like three of these T4s and two of them are held together with lots of tape. So I'll shoot primarily with the one that works and then I'll shoot a roll, um, kind of throw it in the mix of, with the broken camera. Yeah, the bro, I love the broken camera. I mean, that's... Personally, I would. That's all I would do. Yeah, know, Todd, I, like I'm really. Todd Heido told me to only use one or two of those. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh, in the book. Yeah, he's like, he's like, these are great, but just use a couple of these broken camera ones. So I was like, okay. oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I kind of see it. But I, mean, I think it's. I don't know. Todd Heido might be wrong. No, people are. There's a lot of people who are always wrong. You <laughs> right. might be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess to see because it can get too gimmicky. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't yeah, know, I wanted to refrain from gimmick, and for me, it was like, 
I just moved in with my girlfriend. Like, this is like a sort of a thing, a path that we're going to be on for a while. And this is like a place that I'm going to be living in. Like, every other place I've ever lived in was a year or less, I think. Mm-hmm. I've lived in like 19 apartments since I was 18. <sighs> and I think I'm going to stay at this place for a while. Yeah. And um, so I, and I really love this window. So I just started photographing. So you'll from keep it. it. You'll keep this one going for a long time. Yeah. yeah I, I, think I think that's, so. I think that's the way to do it. Is like yeah. you could even be. Start putting in like the chapter breaks for the. I don't know. I mean, there's yeah. a lot. The longer it gets, the more you do it. I think the more, you know, expansive it gets, and then the more ideas you can pull into it. Totally. And I yeah. think um, I could maybe experiment with date stamps a little bit because mm-hmm. to me, a lot of this is about sort of the passage of time mm-hmm. and like watching the world sort of go by from your window. Um, so that might be something that I end up adding into it. Other. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's cool how you get the different compositions. I mean, I feel like it doesn't, it definitely doesn't feel like the same picture. Yeah, time. I mean, it's it's repetitive, but I try to make it not mm-hmm, feel repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. I love these long-term, like those long-term days. I can't do it myself. I'm not, I don't have the patience. <laughs> I don't know. But I like, I've been shooting expired 120 film recently. And I love yeah. going out with it because yeah, yeah. I don't know how to expose it. Sure. Like, so what do I do? I mean... So that it just makes me mess around with the settings and like, well, whatever, whatever comes out. If I get something on this role, awesome, you know? Yeah. So losing that control and like really not being so attached to, oh, I have to get this, I have to get this photo. It's like, no. And I do a lot of stuff in my neighborhood too, like the same kind of blocks. And I would like, I know there's a few things. I was like, I took, did I take that picture already? Of the same? Like, who cares? Take yeah, it again. Right. Yeah, take like, it What's it matter? Times. Take it a hundred yeah, times. Yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. So but, yeah. So wait. So what are what are you doing with expired film then? Just shooting really bright flowers. Oh really? Color. Yeah. So it's pretty different from other stuff that you've kind of put out there. Um. Or? Yeah. I mean, I I had all the I had all the expired film. I was like, well, what am I going to do with this? It was sitting there forever, and I was like. Maybe all photograph models. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> right. I don't do that because that's too much work. So I was like, just put it in the damn camera and yeah. go out. And I was like, well, if it's expired film, I kind of want to get some color in it. And then, well, what's colorful? Okay. Like, there's a lot of, like, a story has a lot of, but they also, like, they grow them in their front garden. So, like, I'm mixing it into... You know, it's like a little bit urban landscape. Sometimes I'll get closer, but I'll, I'll, I'm doing stuff with, you know, depth of field and trying to mess with that and just basically letting loose and experimenting. But it all has to deal with, like, plants and flowers cool. and that kind of stuff. And it's just, you know, wake up at 7 in the morning, go take a two-hour walk and bust through three or four rolls. And awesome. I don't know, now I'm scanning it right now, so I'm kind of getting that first understanding of where it is and what I want to do with it. And that's always, to me, that's always when you learn the most. Like get the, like get the, the film, the, the photographs always teach you. Yeah. Like that's, to me, it's like, that's it. When you see them, they teach, they teach you. They come back to you and tell you where to go. And like, that's why I always feel if you have whatever problem you have with photography, it gets solved when you go out and make the photos. Yeah. And, and like, it gets that's when you, just when you start look working. at your photos yeah. too. Like, so you have to, you can sit there and think and think, well, what's this about? What am I doing? I'm like, as soon as all that starts going haywire, just go, I walk out the door and like take the pictures. Then it's like, aha, I yeah. get it. Because when you're in that situation where you have to like construct the photograph, like that's, I mean, that's sort of the essence of photography is making the photo, you and know? It's finding like, the photo. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I don't know. It's just that 
I like working. I just like keyboard, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always have to be shooting something. I go out at night though too. So walking is like, you know, my new life philosophy is walk or die because I work nice. in an office and it's, you know, if you don't get out of your butt and if you don't get out <laughs> like working, you know, or walking or being active, like you're in trouble. You know? yeah, so yeah, like yeah, I yeah. try to make my five miles a day and I walk. So part of that is like I have to get out at night and like if I'm going to go walk for an hour, I'm going to take a flash and I'm going to flash these trees, man. You know, it's like, and I don't even I don't, think like, you know, that's not even your philosophy. That's yeah. just actually life. Like yeah. walk or die. <laughs> yeah. Walk or, yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm there just like at the trees with a little point of shoot. And it's like, yeah. whatever, man. Like this. No, is you're just making some photographs. Honey, yeah. that man is flashing the trees <laughs> yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. I had one. I got stopped by a guy and he was like, I saw you make, you were doing, making these photos and like, like, what are you doing? At first, I was like, I thought he was, like, upset with me. And then, <laughs> but I showed him, like, no, I'm just taking pictures. And he's like, he saw my camera was the OMD that I have. And he's like, oh, that's a digital camera. Yeah. And he was, he, then he's like, photography got really hard with digital cameras. <laughs> and I was, like, taken hey, aback by that. And I started to think about it. Is it actually true to like digital make it more complicated because for him he's like you shoot a roll you go to the drugstore you get the photos back yeah and now he like you add a computer into it, it's like take a card out put it <laughs> in the computer and you got to do so in many regards I, like he's right it, it seems like it has become more complicated but yeah. on the other end it's you know the like these modern digital cameras are computers they're machines you know so they're doing a lot of a lot of the work for you, you know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, there's more work on the other side. Yeah, you can't just drop off. I thought you might be able to drop off a card at a CVS. <laughs> right. Well, I know a lot of people that do that. So, yeah. You know. Well, I, what other book did you bring here? This what is. This one? Well, this is my flashing it. Uh -huh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So this is that. This is yeah, at it's the called fast food parking lots. Um, yeah. I think it's still a work in progress, but. Mm -hmm. It's photographs of the trees and landscaping of fast food parking lots in Hollywood and the Valley and uh, the I guess the greater mm. Los Angeles area. Yeah, I'm a fan of that stuff. <laughs> anyway, thank you. I have another um, of my friend Alex Martinez. Yeah, you know we've you met know, a couple times. You met him? Yeah. Oh yeah, Hamburger Eyes. Yeah, yeah, he like you know some Instagram Tumblr connection and uh -huh. then he was having a show and I was like, I'm going to go to this guy's show and just meet him in real life. And we met and now I've like, I've seen him at some book fairs and stuff like that. He's a cool guy. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's a, he's a pure blood photographer. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he doesn't mess around. He lives for it, but like he has a, a project that he's doing now, I think called Long, Long, Long Beach, Beach Botanical. Botanical. Yeah, yeah. I have the, we traded books, LA yeah. by car and yeah. that one. I need to do like, I, I need to put together some group project about like botanical or flowers. He and I were talking about yeah. that too. It would be fun to do. We could just all set up a group Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> Men who like to flash <laughs> plants, you know? <laughs> Men who like to, yeah, I can get into that. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I think on that note, we'll take our, our break and come back and talk about the books. Uh, Sounds and, good. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Why live stream? I don't know. Why not? I mean, it's a show. Isn't that like what Joe Rogan does? 
And those guys, everyone kind of like live streams the podcast, and then you can watch it. I mean, I guess yeah, I but did. what's what's the point? It's a it's an <laughs> audio podcast. Are you gonna? <laughs> I think it just. I don't know. There are a lot of people yeah, who want to watch. People, a lot I mean, of I think it's really only for people that would be. I mean, I guess we could ask. Like, does anyone out there want to watch this? Like, live stream? I mean, I guess at the heart of it, we are listening to photographs, which yeah. is in itself yeah, a yeah. mix of yeah, mediums. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. It's like another thing to do. It's like you got the toys and the technology and, like, just play with it. That's kind yeah. of my point. Do it before yeah. everyone else is doing it. Well, that's that's not going to be our forte on this one because I think people have been live streaming those podcasts for probably. We were the first photography. Photo books, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know who else talks about what other podcasts talk about photo books. I heard the candid frame talking about photo books. There's modern art notes, which may have a photo book every two or three months thrown in there, but it is a very good podcast. Speaking of photo books, so we're back. We are back. <laughs> and we got some book. I mean, this book. I just look. This book makes me want to quit. It's like every time you see, it's like, what yeah. in the hell, man? Uh, and it, what's the case? So what's it's it? It's called Ippi Girl Ippi, and it's by a Japanese photographer named Tad Wakamatsu. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am not familiar with his work outside of this body of work. Um, from what I read, he was in New York in the 60s and 70s. He was an assistant to Avedon and a few others. And he was very good friends with this Japanese model, Haruko Wanibuchi. Mm-hmm. And they basically traveled the country with like motorcycle gangs, like <laughs> Japanese motorcycle gangs and other motorcycle gangs and um, just like hippies and bohemians. And they shot their travels while also sort of staging photographs. Mm-hmm. And then... At some point, the book goes into this like fashion nude spread. Right, <laughs> right. Vellum. Yeah. Vellum. Well, it starts on regular book paper or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then it goes into the vellum spread. And at some point, she becomes pregnant, and she has a baby that appears to be African American. And then it kind of cuts to her in uh, Nazare, this coastal town in Portugal. Uh-huh. And the photographs start to become less of her and more of these people who are living in the town. And um, I had initially seen it. I think it was Jorg did a, a review of it uh-huh. a few years ago. And um, I like watched, you know, the videos, yeah. the photo books yeah. online where people are flipping through the pages. And I had watched it like a hundred times. I was kind of obsessed with wow. this book. And so on this last trip to Japan, because it's it's not that expensive. Like you can go on Amazon and probably get a copy for a hundred bucks, or you know, it's expensive but not like a thousand dollars or something crazy like that. Um, but I was decided I'm really going to try and find a copy of this uh-huh. in Japan because I had looked and it's only it goes for like fifteen bucks. And uh, just like I went to Jimbocho. Have you ever heard of this place? Mm-mm. You would love. It's like there's one neighborhood in Tokyo that's basically like. 65 bookstores on like four blocks and there are ones that are like devoted to Japanese photography or devoted to photography in general and um, a lot of them sell prints too or like posters from exhibitions in the 60s and 70s and like they'll have like you know a whole shelf of Araki books or a whole shelf of Moriyama books and then just all sorts of other stuff sort of thrown in the mix and I searched sort of endlessly for this book and just couldn't find it and then on my last night in Tokyo I was walking by just sort of like some random ass bookstore in like some other neighborhood and walked in like for whatever reason this was on display at the ah, register. No, nice. And it was like 20 bucks and ah. yeah, I got it. 
Yeah, I mean, part of me wants to think like this is all fake, right? I think most of it is fake. I think, uh, yeah, I, I would say it's more fake than real. Um, or not so much fake. So I'm much just wondering. Like, like, it's I almost like they're having like these happenings at Central yeah. Park where everybody's coming and dancing. And he's sort he may be organizing it, but mm-hmm. he may also might not be in some of it. Like he's Just there hanging out. And then there's obviously the studio portraits, which are... Which I get. I mean, that part. But yeah, when it goes, veers off on this last third, it's like, is this real? I mean, what, where she's pregnant and then she ends up She looks really pregnant. (laughs) Yeah, she looks really pregnant. And then I don't know what, like, provoked the decision to go to Portugal to finish this series. And um, I mean, I'm into it, though. It's like, what the hell? I mean, because that's all life is. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what happens, you know. I mean, more often than we, you know. Yeah, Things go it. in unexpected directions, you're saying? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we have yeah. babies and go yeah. to Portugal. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, uh, how did I end up in Los Angeles? Like, why yeah, just yeah, move yeah. to Los Angeles now? I'm in New York. And, like, you, yeah, I'm just going to go. And then next thing you know, you're there. And it's like, whoa, you know, why am I doing a podcast in Bushwick? <laughs> I don't have and no idea. I here? I'm yeah, I have yeah, no idea. Like, like, it doesn't, which is very, like, uh, disconcerting the older you get because you're just, you know, well, what can happen, man? Not anything can happen, you know? I don't know. But that's, hey, it's, that's what I like too. about it, though. Yeah. It's like it actually <laughs> takes you from these sure. different stages of of life and you move through it, you know? Yep. So what's now surf... This one's called Surf Fiction. Yeah, it's by a German photographer named Werner Amon. Um, mm. I met him a couple of years ago at Paris Photo, and I saw the book, and I couldn't afford it at the time. And then I ended up... I started seeing his photos show up a little bit online on, like, Mark Peter Drolet's blog, mm. and... Um, I guess he was living in LA at the time and he was shooting photographs and he was shooting cell phone photographs, but it was only like 1996. Wow. So it was like some of the earliest uh, cell phone photography. And then he was also shooting like V8, uh, not VH, yeah, maybe VHS, like very low fi videos and then cutting stills from those. And it's, I feel like it's very interesting because it, it is very much about sort of like this assault of images or the endless flow of images, but he was doing it like kind of way before uh, mm-hmm. we sort of acknowledged that that was happening or way before it like even really happened in the way that it, it happens now or is happening now. Um, but at the end of the day, they're just kind of like very strange photographs of Vegas and has a sort of predatory feeling to some of them but then there's these portraits that just like you don't like you're not quite sure like did he take these or are they appropriated or are they like appropriated portraits on top of photographs that he took and there's this whole section of LAX and then there's this other section of cars and it's uh yeah like I'm into it I mean it's very poppy and kind of in your face, <laughs> but it does. Yeah, it definitely, yeah, yeah. No, feels... it's definitely in your face. Like it's aggressive. Yeah. Like it's a very aggressive. And the the stuff he does with typography is. Oh wait, just here's bizarre. he did. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh wait, wait, this is but this is in German, man. I don't. No, no, no. I think you can flip it around. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, on the flip side, it's um. Okay. Surf fiction is a contemporary version of classic street photography. Amon's approach is at once direct and subtle, and his photography is well aware of this ambivalence. Casual, serendipitous scenes bring to to mind calculated and prototypical cinematic scenarios. Portraits smack of news photography, the next of 
careful staging. Everything seems as happened upon as arranged, as much logged for functionality as reflected, artistic, and autonomous. In this way, Amon muddles boundaries between genres. His photography is full of allusions and references to other media and is is as impulsive as it is premeditated. Amon shows that the instinctive and spontaneous is, is inseparable from the reflective and referential. The first, in fact, can't even exist without the second. The world has long been saturated by its own self-representation, the perception and expression in which has always been everything but unbiased. Okay, I suppose, you know, <laughs> that's a good, I mean, who wrote this? I think this? that's a good oh, intro. Mark, yeah, that's a good, I mean. It, who did it, write it? Uh, text by Marcus uh, Freerking, English by Annie. Yeah, so it's oh, translated. Yeah, it might be the the publisher is German. This guy, yeah. white press. No, I get it. I mean, it, this is very. It feels like it's a you know, it's the way the, you're looking at it through the way the media represents images. So he's kind of like you know, you're dipping into that. Yeah, and it's and very I feel like kinda, that's like you know, this is like a scene from Baywatch mm-hmm. apparently that he recreated mm-hmm. or. Um, so he's dealing with sort of the artificiality of Los Angeles in mm-hmm. a like pretty literal way, but it's also like a little bit surreal and just odd. And yeah, I mean, it's fun. To, it's just fun to go through. To me, it's like a, this is a fun book. I don't the, the stuff he's like whatever he's trying to reference is like I don't know. It's kind no, of like yeah, a pulpy. Yeah, yeah. It's like a pulpy, sure, pulpy film or show that's just fun to look at. Yeah, which is I like that stuff. It's like bam, just don't you know. But I'm not. You know, this isn't. It's not changing your life. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's difficult to say that any photo book (laughs) changes my life or anyone's life. You you like them for different reasons. But I like, yeah, I mean, these are just, I like the bright kind of like Los Angeles feel to it, you know. Yeah, it's certainly pretty different from most other things I've ever seen. And the mix of photos, too. I think he's very, like, on top of that as well, too, like the different types of photos and the editing and... Yeah, I'm still I not feel sh- I feel like I've seen this somewhere though for some reason. You, I, I, I swear to God, you've posted some of these photographs before. Maybe the, the guy I, I in feel the like I saw them. Venice oh, or, maybe, maybe. Yeah. yeah, but um, well, there's also the typography element of it. I'm not sure I understand. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're gonna figure it out between me. Yeah, and you. <laughs> it's okay. So the next one we have is home. It's called home, and uh, it is by another Japanese photographer. Mm-hmm named Sakaguchi Tomoyuki. I met him at the Tokyo Art Book Fair um, this past September, and I liked the work. And it's night photographs. It looks like long exposure, but also possibly with some sort of flash, fill flash going on. Yeah. Um, And they're all photographs of Tama, which is a like suburban housing development outside of Tokyo. I think it's the largest suburban housing development in the world. Um, and it just sort of represents like these sort of like anywhere Japan places. Like the, I think suburbs come up like very quickly and like purposefully there. It's like we need a place for 100,000 people to sleep. <laughs> like because Japan has a lot of people and not a lot of space. Right. And so suburbs happen... Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe they happen with that same sort of intention here, but it, it feels more calculated here. And the houses just look so new. And it's it's interesting to take this approach of photographing things that are quite clinical and like almost a poetic sort of nighttime way. But Yeah, this, I mean, this is some of my favorite type of photography. It's just kind of, you know, it's 
the clash of your built environment, you know, and then these odd areas of, you know, the alleys and the, the, the back ways or what have you. It's, this is beautiful. I mean, Martin Parsa was what? One of the best. One of the best photo books of the decade. But it's still relatively easy to get. Yeah. And I know a lot of times he says a lot of things and some of them are true and some <laughs> of them aren't. But typically, like, the books he talks about get to that sold-out level very yeah. quickly and become expensive. I mean, he knows photo books. No He's argument. seen a lot of photo books. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he has yeah, seen Martin more photo Parr books is, than yeah. I have. I yeah. know that much. Martin Parr has spoken. Martin Parr has spoken. <laughs> I, I love this. I, should, I might buy this one. You should. Yeah, this he would be very, happy. And I like that he's not afraid to put, like... New cars into the phone. I think you know about I mean? that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. I, you got to get those new cars. There's a John Gassage book that he did with Alex Soth called uh, The Auckland Project. Uh huh. Have you seen this? I haven't seen it. I know of it's it. It's basically they each did like a they did a collaborative book project where they each did a book and then kind of put them in a sleeve together. And like mm-hmm. Alex Soth's book is basically it's you open it up and it's one photograph uh-huh. and then like a paragraph about how he spent a month trying to make photographs there and couldn't but finally like made this one portrait. Uh-huh. And John Gassage is like typical to his color work and it's this like sort of beautiful, weird portrait of uh-huh. Auckland, New Zealand. And there are so many new cars in it. And <laughs> like, it's, it's just awesome. Like because I think I feel like there's a tendency with some people to sort of eliminate any signs of modernity mm-hmm. or brand or like like a contemporary culture but because mm-hmm. there's like this weird like obsession with nostalgia in our generation and I think it's very important to not go down that hole of like yeah. making photographs that are nostalgic for the sake of being nostalgic and embracing the things that are now because that's what I mean people like Winogrand or Lee Friedlander when they were out on the street or in their homes photographing like they photographed exactly what mm-hmm. was in front of them and you know yeah I've I was it's something I think about is like how to incorporate traffic and like I yeah. don't even know how you know it's because sometimes it's like, oh man like the cars the traffic's getting the scene it's like well that's kind of a cop out you know yeah. like <laughs> well, make yeah. the photograph who do you yeah. think you are like why would you not give this a chance like put it in the frame so to me it often it's like it's a compositional problem of like you know but why you know use it as any other for- form that would go through the frame you know sure so it's like yeah I would try I, I would like to do something just on like photographing traffic to some degree. Yeah. It's like one of these things I can't, I don't know, I can't find. Like I'm really fascinated with just like the freeways that kind of cut through like neighborhoods and like especially in New York and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the areas around them, it's, it's just they create these no man's land. <laughs> yeah, know? no, it's, it's totally true. And LA is the same. Like those yeah. spaces, like where like three freeways cross at the same mm-hmm. point, like the space below that is usually very weird. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've thought about, like, I've had like several bad ideas of ways to photograph <laughs> cars. Yeah. And I like, I would love to just photograph Priuses in LA yeah. because it's such a part of that city. Like huh. every other person drives uh-huh. a Prius, but I don't. I don't have any ideas for like interesting ways to go about that, but yeah. Normally, when I if I think about it too much, then it's like that project's probably way more complicated <laughs> yeah. than what you will actually do. You know, like mm-hmm. a good idea, a good idea. But are you ever gonna do that? I don't know. Like, I would love to walk like along all the major kind of like um, highways that go through New York. I do yeah. it in Queens, like in Queens, the. 
Grand Central Parkway is it that goes through there? I don't know. It's just to me in New York, it's really depressing because they, you know, you had established neighborhoods and they just like screw this. We're gonna yeah, like build yeah, a higher, yeah, yeah. you know. And obviously, like they tried to do it through Greenwich Village, and that was like one of the big kind of pushbacks against Robert Moses. So I was like, mm. no, you're not gonna like destroy this neighborhood, you know. So I kind of like I want to like take a look at some of the places where. It, they weren't be able to. They weren't able to stop them, you know. Or they weren't. Yeah. yeah. No, it is interesting. Um, and Tokyo has that. There's a neighborhood called Shimokitazawa that's uh-huh. often referred to Tokyo as Tokyo's Greenwich Village. And like between the time I lived there and between my last mm-hmm. trip there this past fall, they had built a massive road that went through mm-hmm. it, and it, you know, it completely destroyed sort of the character of the place, and it turned it into something else. And I mean, that might be an interesting thing. Yeah. I mean, I always think, like, why, you know, why do we have to have these, why freeways? I don't know. It's just, it seemed to me like this, we ended up in this situation the last, it's only like the last hundred and so years, right? Yeah. Like, that you had this, the, when when was the freeway set? Like, the 50s? 40s? 50s. The 50s when it was built, yeah. The first, what was the first freeway in America? I don't know. Do we know? No <laughs> history knows. buffs here. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's a different Not, podcast. That's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that, no. Well, self-driving cars and trucks are definitely going to change that whole. Well, I think it'll be within yeah. like the next five years that that may be realized. Like they're already testing self-driving cars like in certain neighborhoods outside yeah. of San Francisco. Yeah. It'll be interesting though to see what the truckers do when they try to replace them with self-driving trucks. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, don't mess with uh, the Teamsters. <laughs> yeah, the robots are coming for all of our jobs, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, but that'll no, give no us a lot safe, of time yeah. to sit around and talk about photography. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. Until in like two years, where it's like Brian, you're replaced by the, the robot <laughs> yeah. podcast. Yeah, he knew everything you were gonna think yeah. for the next yeah. forty years, so yeah, you're done. Exactly. I wouldn't mind that. Take a break and have the like, have the robot do the do the podcast. Just watch TV all day. <laughs> do you watch I much could TV? Do. <laughs> uh, we want to do the next podcast we're doing is all about TV. I just finished. I just finished uh, Mad Men. Oh, finished cool! Mad I've Men. never watched it. Uh, I mean, it gets very. It's a very repetitive show. Sure. I mean, the themes you kind of get it out, you know, and they repeat them over and over again. But I was just happy that they didn't end it on some really glum note, you know, like. Draper falling out of a window or getting <laughs> car Yeah, crash. I mean, I actually still don't even know if Draper is a guy or a girl. Like, oh, I don't know. Don <laughs> Draper, yeah. He's like the uh, stereotypical He's the guy, yeah. like, advertising. Ad agency guy. Well, I kind of work in advertising and marketing now, so it's like I kind of have a little bit of respect for like, yeah. <laughs> the difficulty of like selling. You have more. scale now? <laughs> well, I don't have. We're trying to scale, but I don't have scale. I don't know. And dealing, yeah, working with vendors and clients and yeah, moving product. I mean, we're all selling something, right? I mean, that's what we do in a capitalist society. I don't know. <laughs> selling photo books, so they, but that's the beauty. Of, that's why I always like photo books. Is that no one's gonna get rich. Nobody's making except money. for Martin Parr, who can rig, yeah. rig the system. Right? <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, you can't. He he puts out the books that uh, canonize. You know, um, yeah. You know what I'm saying like the history of the photo book. He puts that in there, and then all of a sudden, like all these books, he owns yeah, no, it. and that's something I've understood, but I never thought that he may be doing it for his own financial gain. Well, I mean, I don't <laughs> think. I mean, it's he's not like it's not like Bill Gates or you know, it's not no, like yeah, yeah, it's very, it's all reasonable yeah. compared to that. But I, I thought, you know, I've I considered buying books like just 
buy three or four of them. I was going to do with a songbook, sell songbook, but I couldn't pull the trigger. I don't know. Yeah, it was funny. I waited probably until the last minute to get the fir- a copy of the first printing of the mm-hmm. first edition. I got one, and I was blown away by it. Like, yeah. I, I don't know why. I love his work, and I've loved it for a while, and his first couple of books are some of the best photo books ever made, mm-hmm. and at some point... I just didn't expect Songbook to be anything that remarkable, especially because we had all seen a lot of the photos on the Tumblr and the L- the LBM dispatches and whatnot. But when I got that book in my hands, I was seriously impressed. Like, yeah, it feels, to me, it always feels like the the book, I, mean, I should have brought it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it feels it feels like the book, the first book he wanted to make. Yeah. And yeah, that's, yeah, what, yeah. that's what's weird is he had those, the three or four, whatever he's done. Sure. But then you go to this and it's like, that feels like the one he always wanted to make, but maybe he couldn't do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's just, which is, it's a testament to how great he is because, you know, no, he's I mean, out there. kind of like yeah. pull that out of almost... Not nowhere. I mean, clearly not nowhere. I mean, a ton of work and time on it. We watched the Tumblr, I think, for two years. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like that, but but it, uh, it it's so starkly different from everything else he had done, and just mm-hmm. so, like so like truly impressive. I think. Yeah, and to be able to switch, you know, shooting black and white with a flash from like, like yeah. I love that. I don't. That's what I always like. You know, was kind of you know, looking at your work. It's like you'd seen you know work in different styles I and tried different aesthetic. To, yeah. and it's like. I'm the same way. I don't, I don't, I don't that idea that you just shoot one way or you shoot like one style. Yeah, forever. one it's camera, like, one film, yeah. like one lens. I can't do that. I'm too ADD. Or yeah, something. I'm very much know. too ADD. And I still feel like yeah. it's like you're you're always sort of discovering what it is that makes you tick. Yeah. And I mean, if I find that one day and I'm like, I only want to shoot with this camera and this lens and this film for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. then cool. But I don't feel that way. Like. Yeah, no, so, I, I have the, too much of an experimenter's impulse in me to to stick to, like, one thing. Oh, some days with that X100. <laughs> yeah. It's a magic little camera, and I, at 35. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think the next step up, I'm like, I want to do large format. Like, how can I slow yeah, this yeah, down yeah, even yeah. more where I'm like, you have to go out and you, you make two or three photos in like, yeah, because no, it's a real track. You're hauling the sand. What do you like? You're setting up the photo and it's like 10 bucks for the. No, it's film, expensive. You know? I have a series of portraits that I did on a speed graphic, um, four by five camera, but I feel like I made them legitimately just for me. And I don't mm. think I'll ever show you want a speed that. graphic. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> It's a cool camera. Yeah, that, yeah, that <laughs> Do was. Do you have one? No, I should get one. Yeah, though. I mean they're not very expensive. You can get one in very good condition on eBay for yeah. like probably less than three hundred dollars. Really? And you have? Did you pop the flash on it? No, you know I think yeah. that's the next step. Yeah. I'd like to do that. I, I bought. Um, I forget what fucking flash it was, but I recently spent. It was like a Sun Pack, maybe. Uh-huh. Spent like a hundred bucks, and that flash is amazing. And I shot some stuff with my Pentax six seven. Um, in silver, I was sort of inspired by John Davola's photographs mm-hmm. of the abandoned homes in Zuma, and I started sneaking into homes that were being built in Silver Lake, and I've only got a couple so far, and so far they're not really that successful. But it's it's interesting to go into a place that's being built, and there are like certain uh, items that are left behind by the people who are working, like cans of Coca Cola or like someone's lunch, and. It's strange. You see so many photographs of places that are no longer inhabited, but very rarely do you see a photograph of a place that's about to be inhabited. Premature ghosts. Yeah. (laughs) 
No, so. those, yeah, those, we, I remember when, when I was a kid and our house was being built and you'd go walk through, it's like weird when it's all the skeleton of it. And it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. The way you, oh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of creepy to me. And then it seems like the workers are more or less like living out of there yeah. for the six months or however long. I, it takes I would love to, to see like a really good, maybe the book exists, probably does, of some of like a high rise, like the building of like a high rise and all the work, everything that goes into that and like, yeah. That would be amazing, I think. Yeah, so I'm still like, like how, you, how are they even doing this? And it's like these guys are just building <laughs> this like, skyscraper. And yeah, I wouldn't know how to build a shed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I have no idea. I can't. Like, we, that is perplexing to my yeah, brain. Yeah. I couldn't do it with my own. I mean, maybe. Maybe there's some instinct in there that leads you to it if you have the right materials. But I think, yeah, it's just. It's too much, too much math. I mean, it's just <laughs> way too much math. I mean, but there is, but the weird thing is, is that there is a lot of math in photography as yeah. well, too, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. you kind of get it. I mean, composition to me is like the way you put objects into that that, that space absolutely. is very mathematic. And even editing, it's like, like we go back to what we said earlier, like the numbers, okay? If you have a 1,000, you got to get it down to... 150, then you go down to 150 to yeah. 75, and it's you know you're making these calculations. My so, brother is a builder, and he's not something someone yeah. I would associate with doing lots of math. But I remember being surprised when, you know, he had a schematic out, and he's making measurements and mm-hmm. you know, like calculations. It's like part of the job, and yeah, yeah, he yeah. does it. Yeah. I mean, but I guess I mean I like analytics though. I'm really like I look at analytics a lot and trying to parse out. So I like data. Yeah. No, I, in my ba- original like sort of background and education was in like computer programming, uh-huh. and it's it's pretty mathematical. But, <laughs> yeah, but I don't like. I feel like at some point that part of me died. Like yeah. now, I feel like I've converted to a person who's bad at math. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, why we have the machines, man. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. Go f- the f- taking the photograph is so much. I don't know. It's just like the frame lines and like. That part of the calculation of it always feels like, how do you how do you get this to work with that lens, or how do you you know, I don't know. I mean, I, th- I just think there's um, it is analytical, but not mathematical. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, does that make any sense? I think the technical aspects of yeah. photography are sort of mathematical mm-hmm. in like a like broader mm-hmm. scheme, but it's not like you're doing math right. when you're holding a camera or like. I don't know. I mean, it's it's you're organizing things, and it's as much as you want. Right. I right. feel like you exactly. can get like way into it. When I went to college at RIT, things were very technical and still film based. And I remember looking at charts and things that don't really apply to what I do now. Sure, but, sure, sure, sure. You know, at one time, if I really wanted to be precise with a f- like film type specifically, and Wanted to calculate for reciprocity failure. Mm-hmm. And you could go to town on that. Yeah, no, you could. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing is like when I started doing on shooting on the expired film and kind of like not giving a crap about like exposure, I really wasn't like who I might be off three three or four stops because like expired film, it's gonna be you have to like compensate for whatever. So at some point I was just like Whatever, <laughs> like if I, it's like, am I gonna blow out the highlights? And like, you get, I got the film back, and it's like, no, the film is very flexible. You yeah, know, you yeah, can, yeah. you have a lot of latitude. So it's like me being before, like being too particular about the exposure. Now, when I kind of like give up and just like let it go, it's like, oh, at 
you know, this F4 or whatever, like I kind of like the way the colors come out. Totally. So it was like that's, I don't know, I would say, ex, I mean, exposure is like it's it's subjective. It's an interpretive thing, like how and you want to it's very explore. flexible. And I mean, that was another thing we talked about at the workshop over the weekend where um, Todd Heido was talking about his night exposures and he was talking about Portra 400 specifically. And he was like, you cannot actually expo- overexpose this film at night. Mm-hmm. He's like, I have a good sense that like my exposure is going to be six to ten minutes, but you just literally can't overexpose it at night. Yeah. It will go and go and go and go. And there's like a, there's so much room to play with color yeah. negative film. Like I mean, it was it was made <laughs> for that purpose yeah. of being flexible and having a ton of latitude. And yeah. I think like the way that cameras are designed in general with numbers that are just sort of uh, they're not abstract; they're very direct, but. Logarithmic. <laughs> yeah. Log, they're logarithmic? Yeah. Is that the yeah. word? Yeah. <laughs> right. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, Tom. <laughs> Tom's just thrown out the logarithmic. Yeah. We'll look out for that in future episodes. But I mean, like, all the. Like, the, it, well, it's more, I guess I'm thinking more about the yeah. meter, the six in the middle. Yeah. And it's like, even if you go outside and you're you're trying to make something dramatic, like you're still sort of paying attention to that meter, and there's something mm-hmm. in your brain that's like that's supposed to be in the middle, yeah. and like middle is good and otherwise is bad. But like, and then when you're bringing an expired film, you're basically saying like you don't, you're you're probably metering for what would be normal exposure. With no, it, I just kind of throw it out. If I'm at 800, yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. I don't at this point. I just whatever. You know, if I want to do shallow depth of field, I'll yeah. just do it in like, oh, 250th sure. or 500, whatever, and then see what happens. Because even if it's like way like underexposed, whatever, I'll just pull it back and make it grainy as shit. You right. know, but I feel I, like it's, it's, it's cool that like even if your intention was to go out and expose it mm-hmm. like normally, um, that it wouldn't having be. Having these film, it's like it's going to undermine that effort. And yeah. I think that's a good effort to have undermined. Yeah, there, but there were a couple rules where I got it and it was like, this is, I was expecting, I was all excited. Oh, we were going to get the weird stuff. And I was like, this looks like any other roll of yeah. 400 to 400. And, like, yeah, and yeah, I yeah, exposed yeah. everything perfectly. And I was like, disappointed. And like, even on a few of the good pictures, like, oh, I don't know. Well, that's a good picture. What are you whining about? You know, I mean, I shoot the Delta 3200 120 and I shoot that during the day. And I was like, am I crazy for doing this? But I talked to a couple guys at work and I'm like, no, it's a beautiful film to yeah. like <laughs> shoot with the Mumia like during the day. And it's like, again, you have so much like latitude with that film. And to me, it's just like you have, you have so much room. It's yeah. like, it's beautiful. I love black and white because it's you, you can do whatever you want. You know, mm-hmm. it's like there's that color is a little bit harder because I feel like if you kind of really mess up, color the whole thing falls apart and it just doesn't work yeah the color black and white i just see like you know you can't compensate for your failures as much in developing and printing with black and with color as much as you can with black and white i I, think yeah i mean i love i'm that but that's part of this project too is like i don't like i need i'm like how do i how do you shoot (laughs) like i'm back to like the basic thing what is how do you make a color photograph what is what do you put in because when i started out like doing genesis and stuff i'm just I'm just taking a stamp. I wasn't thinking. I was just like, 
taking the picture, just taking stream of consciousness, like, yeah. like you see it and you take it. Well, I wasn't thinking like, oh, I'm making a series of color photographs now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Whereas now I'm now I am. I'm, like, I'm making a series <laughs> of color photographs on expired film, and like, what am I doing? You know, yeah. it's like it's. What like, are you doing? I don't know. I'm getting too far in my head, probably. <laughs> and like that's the dirty, ugly path of photography. Like the deeper you get into it, then you you create all these sort of like questions for yourself. But go like, outside, photographer. Go outside. Just go outside. Exactly, go, exactly. Yeah. Once you start apartment. thinking, just go out. Oh, and I go started not leaving my apartment. Yeah. That is, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's the next step for that project. He gets out of the apartment. Yeah, maybe. It could be like the last third. We go back to that book of, you know. We go to Portugal. <laughs> Port- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> last frame, you're looking out a window. And then, like, she's there, like, yeah, as an yeah, old yeah. lady. She's, she's back. Yeah. That would be brilliant. <laughs> can you make that happen? I can try. Okay, next time we have you on, Patrick, <laughs> I expect to see that photo. Sounds good. Well, it was awesome. Yes. Thank you for Thank visiting. Thank you very us. much. That was, that was a lot of fun. And have a safe flight, man. Will do. Try I hope right. so. Anyway. Right. Oh, shit's <laughs> going down <laughs> the last couple months. Thanks again for joining us. You can go behind the scenes of this episode, see the work of our guests, and the photos we discussed by visiting our Tumblr and lpvshow.com. The LPV Show is executive produced by Brian Formals and co-produced by Tom Starkweather and Eddie Volante. Our score is by Tom Starkweather, who also mixes the show. Thanks again for listening.